Hi everybody and welcome to the HS Health Tech Podcast where we talk about everything healthcare and technology. I'm your host, James Somaru, and this is your weekly Sunday session. So we're obviously still talking about COVID-19 and the pandemic that's occurring globally right now. And our spin is obviously talking about how health tech companies are doing their bit to help there's been loads going on this week. I keep a, a note actually on my calendar of every time I see something on LinkedIn or somebody sends a message or anything along those lines, I, I make notes and think, oh, I, I've got to mention that on the podcast on Sunday. But I must admit, I think this week's has got like 30 or 40 different links on it and notes and, it, you know, just a huge amount happening just every single day. It seems like, you know, things are out of date within 12 hours of, of posting about them. There's a couple of key things that I wanted to pull out this week that have happened that I think are most important. So the first thing, I guess clinically this is now talking about COVID-19, is the fact that you know new pictures have been released from inside that new temporary hospital being built at the Excel Centre in London. And it was incredible, incredibly impressive actually, you know, 4,000 beds with 500 initially with ventilators and oxygen to support the critically ill. And Simon Stevens, the chief executive of NHS England, he said that elsewhere across England, they've configured hospital beds so that 33,000 hospital beds are now available to treat further coronavirus patients too. Birmingham's NEC and Manchester's Central Convention Centre are set to be converted into temporary hospitals as well. So it just goes to show, doesn't it, the scale of the expected explosion in numbers of COVID-19 patients, which Amon was talking about on the episode last week. So if you haven't listened to that yet, do go back and have a listen to Dr. Amon Gupta and I having a chat. So Amon's actually one of my friends. He's also an ITU doctor and another digital health guy. And he was telling us all about how he and his hospital are preparing for the coronavirus, as well as you know, he's even putting a caravan on his front drive just to sleep in so he doesn't infect his family. So he talks about a load of difficult decisions and a lot of pressures from family and otherwise so really good from from him to be so honest and grateful for him so by all means i go back and have a listen to that episode too and so on to the technology news now you know i mentioned i had that 30 40 strong list of links and all the rest of it and i'll read out a few of them in a second but one thing really superseded all of that this week, which was, uh, and a big shout out by the way to Matthew Gould, Indra Joshi, Ming Tang, because on Saturday, NHSX published an article on what they're doing with technology to support this huge effort to fight COVID-19. Now I'll put a link to it in the show notes, so do feel free to head to the description of this episode to click on that link, but here are essentially the highlights. So in order to kind of set the scene as to what they're doing, they said this, they said in the fight against this pandemic, decision makers will need accurate real-time information. So to understand and anticipate demand on health and care services, we need a robust operating picture of the virus, how it's spreading, where it might spread next, and how that will affect the NHS and social care services. On the supply side, we need to know where the system is likely to face strain first, be that on ventilators, beds, or staff sickness. And they went on to say that in a crisis response, inconsistencies in this data could cost lives. 
So what they're talking about there is essentially decision makers needing access to real-time information that is accurate. So information about where the virus is going, who's got it, how many people have got it, where those people are, where the resource is, where the resource isn't. So people that are making decisions on how to treat this at kind of population level need access to all that information. So in the article, NHSX go on to say, that NHS England is basically creating what's called a data store, and that's to bring loads of data points into a single secure location. So data, all the data needed to inform that response is gonna come from the NHS, social care, and some partner organizations too. So all those different data points, they're gonna inform that real-time information are going to come from places like the call centers the 111 centers nhs digital covid19 test data public health england so anybody that's collecting data on this covid19 pandemic all of that data from from the country is going to go to this single place for people to monitor so to provide that single source of truth the data is going to be integrated it's going to be cleaned it's going to be harmonized and it's going to be presented as dashboards that give a live view of the metrics needed to track and understand the current spread of the crisis and obviously the capacity in the healthcare system to deal with it which seems like an incredible amount of work and an incredible amount of work to have done incredibly quickly to bring something together that's able to do that you can just imagine can't you all the different places that this data is and where they would need to collect this data from and so what NHSX has done is obviously coordinated a response to bring all of that into this data store, this single secure location where we can create these dashboards and then the decision makers can actually you know, make decisions very quickly on what to do based on what they're seeing literally right now out in the field. And so again in the article, NHSX go on to say that they'll give decision makers the visibility into occupancy levels at hospitals broken down by general beds, specialist beds and critical care beds current capacity of A&Es and current waiting times, so emergency departments if you're in the US, uh, as well as statistics about length of stay for COVID-19 patients too. And so that is gonna allow decision makers to really understand how the virus is spreading at local level, national level, and identify risks to vulnerable patients. Decision makers are going to be able to proactively increase resources in hotspots. They're going to be able to make sure that critical equipment is supplied to the facilities with the greatest need. And it says that decision makers will be able to divert patients and service users to the facilities that are best able to care for them based on demand. So we're going to be able to basically spread all of our um, patients across our resources a lot more evenly than we would have done without this. So obviously with us being the health tech podcast this is this is really interesting it's interesting for you guys to know that obviously we champion startups a lot on this and we we always talk to you know entrepreneurs that are building businesses that are looking to do great things but here you know some big companies have been brought in to do this too from a technology perspective and so specifically you know, we talked about the data store that single uh, point at which all that data is going to come back uh, into so microsoft have built that back-end data store on their azure cloud platform uh, Palantir Technologies UK are providing software that powers the front-end data platform which enables uh, disparate data to be integrated, cleaned and harmonised. Faculty, which is a London-based AI technology specialist, they're developing the dashboards, models and simulations to provide those government decision makers with a deeper level of understanding about the info. 
And the NHS is also exploring the use of Google's G Suite tools to collect critical real-time information on hospital responses to COVID-19. So the thing that's hit me here is, I guess, the speed that all of this hap- this this is happening. Quite frankly, so you know, big organisations, you know, Microsoft, Google, have been obviously talking to you know, the biggest organisation in in the NHS, you know, albeit through N- uh, through NHS X and things. But obviously, this this has been a huge effort to coordinate this, and, and a huge amount has happened. And it, you know, the physical space at the Excel, all that technology infrastructure, all that physical infrastructure being set up. And we've mentioned it a few times in the last few episodes on here, you know, the notion that the pathways to innovation in health tech might just change forever on the back of this. It is remarkable to see what can actually be done in this kind of time frame when it's needed, you know. So often you see in the news, don't you, about the NHS being stressed and, and under-resourced and workers, are str- you know, it, it's always it's always there. It's always underneath the fact that hospital systems in the UK can be innovated. And obviously there's plenty of places to innovate outside the NHS too, whether that's straight to patients or straight to consumers or via the private sector or insurers. You know, there's lots of different ways to do this, but... We just hear so much that things are overstretched and under-resourced, but clearly when something has to be done, we turn to innovation, we turn to technology, and I just hope that this is a, a view of what might be kept in the minds of innovators and decision makers in future that actually by turning to technology where it can do a good job through organizations like NHSX and others that, you know, Microsoft, Palantir Technologies, faculty, Google, you know, by, by turning to these people and, and creating these solutions, we can actually deliver huge amounts of efficiency savings. You know, just think about how efficient this is going to be compared to what it would be if we were not doing any of it, you know, all of those efficiency savings that we're making. So I hope it I hope it goes very smoothly. Um, I, uh, I'm incredibly impressed that we've managed to bring this together so quickly here in the UK. But I'm interested in, in what you guys out there think, you know, the entrepreneurs out there, the, the people that are working in healthcare, the clinicians, what do you think about, you know, Microsoft coming in, Palantir Technologies faculty, Google, what do you think of that? What, what do you think of the speed that this has happened? Are you impressed? Do you see much of this on the ground floor? Are you being trained up on this stuff? So on LinkedIn on Twitter and LinkedIn and Twitter, sorry, you can use the hashtag HS Podcast if you want to get in touch, ask a question, or you can get me on any of my socials, which are in the description of this episode, as well as the HS socials. You can get me there too. You can also throw a comment in under the LinkedIn post, no doubt that I'll do about this episode either today or tomorrow or Monday. Um, so just head to my profile on LinkedIn, go to activity, check out the post on there. Really keen to hear what, what everybody thinks of this from NHSX. Um, but it's obviously not the only thing going on in technology. There are there's a huge effort from startups, as per usual. As I said, you know, 30 to 40 different things I spotted on LinkedIn this week alone of things going on. Um, and I'm still making my way through all the audio that everybody sent in. So do forgive me that I'm not pitching any of that today. But I will be putting an episode in next week to showcase the audio from you guys. But a couple of things that stuck out of my list this week. So trackers for COVID-19 seem to hit my inbox this week so 
King's College London have developed a symptom tracking app for the UK. Uh, there's also one called tracktogether.co.uk, that's also UK based. So King Co- King's College London one is covid.joinzoe.com. I'll put the link of that to that in the description of the episode, as well as, as I say, tracktogether.co.uk. So they're two trackers that are largely based in the UK. There's also, if you're based in the US, covidnearyou.org. So volunteers from Amazon, Alphabet, Apple, and other tech companies worked around the clock to make this website. And they're asking both healthy and sick people to share their symptoms and mapping it all across the US. So covidnearyou.org if you're out in the US. And so for anybody healthy or not to fill that in, it's providing a huge amount of help to people um, looking at the, the spread of this disease. Another thing that NHSX are doing that I saw this week, so they're calling on all innovators who can support the elderly, vulnerable and self-isolating during COVID-19. And they're inviting them to apply for government funding of up to £25,000 to test their solution. So if that is of interest, you can head over to techforce19.uk. Again, I'll put the link in the description. So if you want want 25K to test your innovation that can support the elderly, vulnerable and self-isolating, techforce19.uk. And another thing that caught my eye this week, so we heard about the ventilator shortage last week. um, And obviously uh, there's been a load of different companies that are are stepping up um, to do something here. From I saw something about Dyson. I've seen car manufacturers. There's all sorts. Um, but even even Elon Musk got involved. So I saw a tweet from Elon Musk saying that he'd sourced 1,255 ventilators from China and shipped them to Los Angeles. Um, and that's because the US is uh, just as worried about a shortage of ventilators in the face of COVID-19 as we are in the UK. So. Again, interesting that all that is happening. I'll put a few links in the description for you guys to check out if, uh, if, if that's of interest. And I saw from Rock Health as well, this was near the start of the week, that they've put out um, a nice blog on their website about 10 ways that their portfolio companies are responding to COVID-19, everything from video consultations, offering lab space, doing studies, all that sort of stuff. So I'll put a link to that blog in the description. And just as last week, um, I think one thing that I got good feedback on was the COVID tech handbook that I put out, which is an open source Google Doc, um, not created by me by any means, but uh, you can head to coronavirustechhandbook.com. You can find a heck of a lot of innovations and all sorts of exciting and wonderful things that can help with anybody that's looking to do their bit during coronavirus from uh, the healthcare and or technology world. There's links to um, uh, like data science resources and all sorts of stuff if you're a techie um, and all sorts of insightful stuff if you're in health too. So um, as always guys, you can catch me on all my socials in the description. As I mentioned, you can get me via those, via the HS ones. I think everybody in healthcare and technology is trying to do their bit. Things moving extremely quickly. Um, and if you're interested in what startups are up to, as I say, I'm going to make my way through all the audio that people sent me this week and hopefully tack that on to the episodes that are coming up if there's anything that I think is of particular interest to you guys. I think from Thursday, I'm going to try to get back to our uh, longer form 
the story of episodes. If you're a regular listener, you'll know what those are, which is where we go into lots of detail with an entrepreneur about their background, about how they started their business and um, what they're up to now, their space they're in, all that sort of stuff. I've got a load of episodes that I recorded before the coronavirus outbreak, um, which I'd like to get out. They've got some amazing content in them, some really helpful advice and things uh, in there. I'll obviously be updating from the COVID, COVID, Corona side of things, the COVID side of things um, at the start of those episodes just to keep our finger on the pulse and so um, we can remain sensitive to everything going on. But hopefully from this Thursday, um, provided uh, it feels like the right thing to do, then we'll go back to uh, those story of episodes. And so if you do want to appear on the HS Health Tech podcast and be interviewed by me either for a Thursday episode where we go into your background a lot more, or indeed if you've got a solution that is helping right now on the ground floor for COVID-19, then please get in touch with me. Um, I'll say it again, every means of getting in touch with me will be in the description of this episode. So ping me on any means that you fancy and we can get you on the episode. Um, so thanks for listening this week, guys. We'll, we'll stay we'll stay updated on, on everything COVID related. So tune in for more. And yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be down the airwaves on Thursday for you. So have a good week.